Welcome back to the Gathering Podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Povey, along with host William Schneider. Will, say hi. Hi. Once again, man of few words. Um, so, Will, how's things been this last week? Well, uh, since our last podcast where I talked about you should be going to the doctor to get checked up, well, I haven't been to the doctor in like ten years, so I went. I, I did. I went. I got a. <laughs> I got a primary care physician. Excellent. So and my blood pressure is high. I. <laughs> you you are a state trooper, and I think they give you a little variance there. So, um, but I'm on the right track to be healthy, take care of my wife, my kids, you. Good deal. I need taken care of, as anyone who knows me knows. So today, uh, or I guess I should say for this episode, we're looking at episode two, part one. Um, we decided that the content deserved two separate recordings. And we kind of wanted to limit the time for our listeners so they would listen. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, some of you have uh, shorter commutes and like to listen on your drive, so we're going to shorten things up a little bit. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership and really how our past failures in life do not disqualify you to be a leader. That's correct. So what is leadership? Um, Webster's Dictionary defines leadership as, first of all, a noun, which lets us right there know that uh, we're all eligible. Um but it defines it in three ways. One, being the office or position of a leader. Two, being the capacity to lead. Three, being the act or instance of leading. What do you think about that? So are those three separate things, or do you have to have all three to be a leader? I believe they're separating those three. So simply having a office of leadership, so some sort of management position? Sure. We can okay. use that. All right. I do not have a management position, so uh, we'll... So, so, so that's, yeah, sure. that's not you. Okay, so <laughs> so definition number two. The capacity to lead. I feel like we all have a capacity to lead. I, I would agree. I think that capacity may vary between each and every one of us. Uh, some of us are very gifted in that capacity and have a larger... <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, larger reservoir, and uh, some of us are learning to grow that capacity. Um, and some of us just jump in and act in an instance of leading. For instance, uh, maybe a time of emergency, we might not necessarily be a leader or be someone who tends to lead very often, but an opportunity may arise and we may jump into that. So most of our listeners probably fall within the second or third definition there of leadership. So, and I think because of that, uh, because not a lot of us are maybe in an actual managerial or leadership role right now, uh, doesn't mean that we can't be or shouldn't be in the future. I think we're all called to some role of leadership in our lives. 
and it's uh, just about finding where that is. I would agree, absolutely. Um, one thing I do believe is that each and every one of us, um, whether we're in an office or position of leadership, um, do or are afforded opportunities to leave uh, in that uh, third act or instance of leading um, definition there. Even even being the being the the new guy at work, um, you can most certainly step forward and um, lead. And I'll give an example of that just by using um, another definition that I have grown to enjoy. Uh, that is the Army's definition of leadership, which is uh, leadership is the process of influencing people by providing purpose. And that may not necessarily be good or bad. Some people uh, have or influence people um, into bad attitudes. I know it probably wouldn't take many of us long to uh, figure out who that one employee at work is who's always, you know, got the negative thing to say and... and uh, getting the rest of the office kind of involved and bringing, bringing a negative energy. And that is a, uh, a example of bad leadership. But likewise, someone who's not in a leadership position can do the exact opposite and bring a positive energy to their workplace, whether they're in a position or not. So our goal here with starting the gathering was to take local men or whoever's listening, wherever you're at, and to build up leaders. That's our goal is to build up leaders who will then go out and create more leaders. So Exactly. Yeah, without further ado. Um, why, Will, why do you feel that men today are not leading? So I think... Uh, there's multiple reasons, and uh, one of the one of the top three biggest that uh, we've come up with is we're too burned out. We we come up with excuses because we're burned out. So, you know, I I we spend all day at work, whatever your job or vocation is, um, or maybe you're a student, so you're studying and you're just tired, and we get home or we get into whatever arena our leadership role should be in and we just give up we we say ah i'm too tired i'm just gonna sit down and watch tv i'm not gonna deal with the kids the way i should i'm not going to lead my wife the way that i'm called to and so we just come up with an excuse i'm too tired i've definitely been there um you know it it takes a lot of energy to uh take a, a screaming child or, you know, um, brothers and sisters who are uh, slapping each other over a, a toy. Uh, it takes a lot of energy to and time to handle that type of a situation in a productive manner. Um, it's, it's rather easier in the now to just, you know, yell at them or send them both to their room or something 
of that nature. And, uh, yeah, it kind of, it kind of, it, it puts us in that situation where we're just taking care of everything right now. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about the next day. I'm not worried about next year. We're just taking care of right now. And when you have that outlook, I think you do tend to just, um, you know, I'm, I'm tired right now, so I'm going to do it this easy way right now. And, uh, it doesn't give you the, it's, it's a, how should I put it? It's a small picture mindset for sure. Um, I think one of the other aspects to that and kind of the same, uh, kind of the same, but, uh, slightly different is just stress. Um, stress can be exhausting. So that does, um, that, that does tie into, you know, just being too tired, but sometimes stress just has your mind on other things. You know, um, I, I know for me, I, I work commission and so there's a lot of stress there. You don't know exactly what your paycheck is going to look like. And so there are definitely times where my mind is on those things that are nagging me, maybe about work or uh, maybe there's maintenance project or something that I have yet to finish. And believe me, I have a list of those. Um, but that's another podcast. <laughs> like it would take up an entire podcast to talk about all the things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that, I think that stress is, is a big one. And honestly, one of the, one of the reasons that I feel, um, we do have so much stress and exhaustion. Um, we, we tend to, we, we live in a society where everybody simply does everything in the last minute. Everybody procrastinates, you know? So instead of, um, taking care of things, even the two fighting children, instead of thinking about that situation as how I handle this is going to affect things, affect things tomorrow and next month and next year, we think about, we and want the immediate. Therefore making them easier in the future. Exactly. We think about the right now. It's easiest right now if I just send them both to their room and forget about it. And then, um, and then tomorrow you're still in the situation where you're handling everything that is important and right there in your face at that point, instead of being um, proactive about things and, and handling situations so that, you know, like checking the oil in your car, you know, you can, you can either, uh, drive it until your check engine light comes on, or you can check the oil in advance and be proactive and get your oil changed and not have to worry about the stress of, Oh no, my engine's destroyed or something of that nature. So, the, so these first two really big examples, why we're not seeing leadership. What are some, before we get into the third one and into the content of today's podcast, what are some quick ways without going too deep? Can we alleviate some of these things? So, so right off the bat, I'm just thinking, um, it sounds like a lot of it's time management. So maybe trying to figure out the best time management for us. 
and how to alleviate that stress or why are we so exhausted, you know, by moving different things around in our daily schedule, we could have more energy at the end of the day or simply working out will give us energy. A lot of us are lazy. We don't work out. And the simple fact, the simple uh, thing about working out is you'll, you'll gain energy. And that, that can help us lead. That'll help us get over these stresses and maybe be more patient. Do you see anything else that we could, we could do just to help? So sure. And I, and I think, um, another, uh, another caveat off of time management is energy management. You know, what types of things, um, give us energy, what types of things drain us of energy and, um, most of us, I would say, who are married have probably married someone who is very much not like us. And therefore, um, you know, if it, working together as a team and I'll do the things that I enjoy around the house and you can do the things that you enjoy around the house. Um, for instance, mowing the lawn, you know, yeah, sometimes it's stressful because, you know, you get a week of rain and the grass is growing and you're not cutting it because it's raining. And then it's like, Oh, I've got to get out and mow the lawn, but I've got a million other things I have to do. So it can be kind of an urgent matter, but I do find mowing the lawn relaxing. It's, it, you know, it just, yeah, I, I usually put my headphones in and I either listen to music or a podcast and really I get my energy built back up when I'm alone. And so I'm not in a crowd. I'm not around people and vice versa, you know, vice versa. My wife gets her energy when she's around people. Uh, so like I said, we are different in that fact, but so yeah, mowing the lawn can be a simple way going for a walk, something like that. Uh, gives me the energy to then continue on with what God has me to do for the rest of the day. Sure. And I think some of those things too, you know, we have things that we think, um, we need, we think give us energy. Um, you know, kind of like carbs, you know, carbs give you energy, right? Well, uh, the yes and no, <laughs> um, good carbs, good, bad carbs. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think one of those things that, uh, um, that happens in, uh, in my life is, you know, late night, late night TV, um, you For know, a minute there, I thought you were going to say late night ice cream. Oh, ooh, late night ice cream would probably be a bad idea. Um, <laughs> that would probably be a very I'm just bad saying idea. that gives me energy <laughs> to go on. Right? It gives you purpose. But uh, so I think late night TV would probably be a, a big one for my household um, in that at the time it feels like it's giving you uh, a little bit of disconnect and some some rest and relaxation, but studies have shown that watching TV before you go to bed is a terrible way to prepare your mind for a night rest. And so and I've heard there's something to do with like the light blue light versus Amber and all that sort of stuff. But for me personally, I just, I'll just go to the next episode and the next episode. Sure. And then all of a sudden I'm way up past when I wanted to go to bed. So now I definitely don't get the kind of sleep or the amount of sleep I needed. And my whole next day is just started on a bad foot. Sure. Yeah. So I, I would have to point out those, those two. All right. So let's get into the third reason and probably the biggest reason that we found 
is men just don't feel they're qualified to lead, so they don't. And I would have to say 100% that is me 99% of the time. Yeah, so we we think, oh, that'd be fun to do that or to lead that, or some of us don't even think like that. And then we start to look into it and, oh, look at all the work that goes into it. Or I'm not, you know, I can't organize anything that good. I can't speak that good. Or you look at somebody else and you start comparing yourself, which is the a huge, huge reason why, you know, a lot of people don't lead. And in times why I don't lead is, hey, they're more qualified. Let them do it. I, But what we don't know is a lot of times what their personal life really looks like when they're not up on the stage or in front of the camera or what hurdles in life they've gone through to get where they are. Nobody's ever born perfect and able to lead. Absolutely. I, I bet Abraham Lincoln probably felt very unqualified uh, oh, to become president of the United States if you look at his man. bio. <laughs> well, I just mean as far as, you know, the the stories of folks walking across the crossing the street to avoid him because nobody liked him and um that i'm sure was a big hurdle that he had to get over um to to accomplish what he did um so so let's look at some biblical examples people in scripture who were phenomenal leaders that god used tremendously but when you're going through scripture and you're looking at their lives before god called them or even during who are some of the people that we see were not qualified to lead at least in our standards sure so um i think if we're going chronologically here i think noah would be one of the first ones that uh that comes to mind um i was i was on linkedin and i came across a, did you find Noah's LinkedIn account? <laughs> I did. Tried to connect. He hasn't responded. Um, no, we. Uh, I, I came across an article that had. It was basically it was twelve biblical examples of leadership, and uh, I'm going to name a few. And again, focusing just on a few that um, did not necessarily start in a place where you would say, yeah, that person's born to be a leader. Um, Noah's going to be one of them. Uh, you can find the story in Genesis 6. And, uh, you know, at the time, God is very disappointed about the wickedness that has overtaken humanity. And reluctantly, he decides to wipe out the human race and start from scratch. And so we have Noah, um, who was the one person... Uh, who has been good. Um, of course, we all know the story of, you know, all the animals packed into the boat. It's not a boat. It's an ark. Um, but that's, again, another rant. Uh, yeah, so so God tells him to build an ark and save him and his family and the animal life. And do you know that many scholars believe it took 55 to 75 years to build the ark that's commitment that's because they had to go through a lot of gophers it was gopher wood okay i get it yeah sure um 
But so if you look at the life of Noah, uh, Noah was a drunk. Certainly. He, he, he was not exactly, um, you know, when you think of righteous, uh, his, his life is not exactly something that I would consider to be righteous with one exception. Um, when I think about, you know, righteousness and stories of folks who are righteous or have been righteous in, um, throughout the Bible, you know, none of them are without fault, but the difference is they recognize the fault. And, and I think that's probably where, um, Noah was found to be righteous, where he recognized, um, that, I, he, he recognized that about himself. So he's a, he's a drunkard who, for some reason, God sees a leader in him. Someone, he, he, he calls Noah to build an ark to save his people, to start over. Like, why Noah? I, I really don't see why Noah. Well, the other thing that's interesting, um, and I believe you you mentioned this before, just about how long it took, um, or how how long Noah reached out to the people, um, definitely doesn't really show that he's a leader. Can you touch on that? Yeah. So, so what Travis is getting at is uh, a lot of scholars believe. So, so Noah was a pastor, and he he pleaded with everybody to to change their ways. And a lot of scholars believe that he, for approximately one hundred and twenty years, Noah was a pastor and pleaded with people and pleaded with people, yet had no converts. So, so imagine today, whatever church you go to, if you go to a church, and the pastor's up there, he's preaching, he's preaching day, you know, week after week for one hundred and twenty years. We can't, we can't even imagine it. We don't live that long. 120 years and not a single person accepts Christ. Yeah, that probably wouldn't, uh, he, he wouldn't come to mind as someone who's doing leadership right. Failure. Total failure. Um, yet God used him. Yet God used him. Uh, and it just simply comes down to obedience. Uh, for him, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, a particular set of skills. It was obedience. That was it. He, he heard God's voice and he obeyed. Regardless of what people thought, he trusted the Lord and started to build the ark. And like you said, it, it took many years. So year after year, you're building this and you're thinking, yeah, there's no rain coming. There's not going to be a flood. Well, and there had, uh, according to other scholars, there had never been rain before that time. So, you know, here's a people that you're trying to tell them that water is going to fall to the sky. There's going to be a giant, you know, and, and, cover the face of the earth and up until that point it had never happened before so uh he had a tough t- 
task ahead of him. <laughs> um, but uh, the the defining act of leadership in his story is simply he did what was right. He obeyed the voice of God even when nobody else was there. I think that was um, that's that's something that I think all leaders can can take away. He, he had a vision of God and a trust and faith that God was going to fulfill his promises and what he said. And if we're going to lead, then we have to do, have the same. We have to trust that God's going to fulfill his promises and use us. And we don't know how he's going to use us. And um, Abraham was another man that did not know uh, what was in front of him. Um, Abraham's story can be found in the book of Genesis chapter 12. And it uh, uh, God approaches Abraham and tells him to go from his country and from his relatives and his father's house and to a land which I will show you. So not to a familiar land, but to a land that I will show you. So totally um, left everything he knew behind and went on, which I think is is a good quality for a leader to have. Again, it just comes down to faith in what you believe God is telling you to do, um, which is hard. You know, uh, I don't mean to get off on... Uh, the topic, but that that can be hard because our lives are so busy, right? You hear that everywhere, and I'm I'm just as guilty of it. With uh, we had six children in sports this fall, so um, that was a chaotic uh, time of our life, and you get so busy that it's almost as if you can't you can't hear God's voice because you know you're missing that still small voice because you're not still. And nothing's small. Everything's big around you, you know. So just the ability to um, to hear God and to go to the unknown. But, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so what disqualified Abraham before God called him? I mean, just to point out, you know, he first of all, he offered his wife to another man out of sheer fear that he was going to be killed. Which ended up backfiring in on him anyway, so read the story if you don't know it. Um, and then when he couldn't understand what God was telling him God was going to do, he thought, well, I've got it figured out on my own. And he ended up hooking up with his servant to have a child. So you're telling me that Abraham is an adulterer. And Abraham literally said, here, here's my wife, saying, oh, here's my sister. Can you, can you, I can't imagine that. I'm a, I'm a jealous man, and I'm not going to give up my wife to somebody else. I am very, uh, a very jealous husband as well, but could you imagine the look on her face when he's like, uh, just, <laughs> I mean, honey, go along with this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that would work out too well in my house if uh if I said anything anything to that nature. Yeah, and then so and then so of course it worked out good in the end. Yeah, I mean here here's a man who um full of fault and yet um 
God was still able to use him for that position of leadership that he had chosen. So I just see in Abraham's life, so he sleeps with his maidservant because he doesn't have enough faith or trust that God's going to fulfill his promise and give him kids and make him an inheritance. Uh, however, even with those flaws, in Hebrews 11, chapter uh, verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So, so a man of no faith, not trusting God, not, and no faith that God's going to follow through at all, is now counted as a man of faith in the, you know, hall of faith. And I think that just points out to, um, just, just God's nature and, and who God is as a person willing to truly forgive. And by that, I mean, forget about our failures and forgive knowing that we're probably going to fail again because we do, um, which we will get into in part two of this podcast. Um, but just that, you know, God was able to take a man like that without faith and, um, and use him and turn him into a man of faith. So another, uh, godly leader that the article had pointed to was Moses. So Moses is somebody who we can look back throughout all of scripture and we can say, and most people believe is the greatest leader aside from Jesus in scripture. He's given that title, that role. And yet we can look at his life prior to God calling him, leading him and say, no, he was disqualified, not qualified at all for the leadership role God was about to put him in. Yeah, he was born in slave status. He Thrown in a river. <laughs> thrown in a river by his own mother. Um, no, that, uh, that turned out for the best. But he became a murderer who ran away from his people and... Abandoning them. And some, some scholars believe that from the point of the burning bush to the point where he actually, um, went to Pharaoh was about 40 years. So even after receiving the instructions uh, from God directly, <laughs> he, it took 40 years, uh, according to some scholars, for him to actually act on that. Um, and above all, he stuttered. Yeah, so so while in a leadership role, leading the nation of Israel, giving them the Ten Commandments, you know, preaching, and he was not very good at it. No, no. In fact, uh, you had read earlier something about the definition of his speech issue some say stuttering some say slow of speech and what did you have yeah so in exodus 4 verse 10 it says 
But Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently, or since you have been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. So, so slow of speech. So I, I imagine it to be very similar to like the Godfather. You know, nobody understood the Godfather. I mean, he was like, Pharaoh, I want you to let my people go. You know, I mean, come on, can you take that seriously? What? What? <laughs> I know, right? No wonder it took ten times for him to actually make it happen. He didn't know what he wanted to do the first time. He couldn't understand him. And no. why it took forty years to obey God? That's huge. That's huge. Um, and, you know, I get worried about things that I feel uh, maybe God has directed me to. And I look back and I'm like, man, I I first thought that five, ten years ago. And here I am. I haven't even acted on these things yet. And uh, it scares me. I think, well, it's too late, you know. Um, I might – some of some of those times have actually been – you know, maybe God has put on my heart uh, a sermon to write and a year has gone by and I haven't written it. And then someone else might preach on almost the exact same thing and it comes to my attention and I just think, ah, oh, you know, not not that it should be this way, but I, I think of it as almost like, ah, oh, that that could have been a crown in my jewel. Used <laughs> by the Lord. Yeah. That, that could have been a jewel in my crown, you know. That, that comes a lot in, uh, so I have prayer meetings at my church, and a lot of times, and it's a group prayer, and a lot of times I feel maybe I should be saying something or praying, maybe led by the Spirit, and I don't. And then so what happens is somebody else says the same exact prayer that the Lord had put on my heart for me to say, sure, but I didn't do it. Sure. Yeah, so... um I think the moral of that story is just that it took him 40 years and he was still able to accomplish something great um, despite being a murderer and a slave. And so what's your excuse? (laughs) I'm not even 40 yet. So, (laughs) um, but... uh, So not just the neighbor or... The guy is fighting. Because that's so much better. You know, right. that, but, that makes but any difference. But here is God's people, God's children, and Paul is set out to specifically kill Christians to put an end to Christianity. Yeah, and he, he does so very well. Uh, and yet, um, in Acts... Chapter 9, um, Jesus appeared to him and uh, I guess you could say changed his mind <laughs> and uh, lifted the scales from his eyes. I'm telling you, Paul, a murderer of Christians, then not only became a Christian himself, but went on to be um, one of the greatest influencers of the New Testament. And um, I think... You know, I, I think if we can just look at these examples and say, well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Maybe, maybe you are. are. Maybe we are. Um, you know, I, I, I don't intend to, uh, um, you know, 
say one sin is greater than any other, but there's, there's things holding us back. And just looking at these four examples, um, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Paul, you know, these were men who had their fair share of baggage and were able to turn it around, listen to, uh, the instructions of God and had faith enough to act, whether it took 40 years or, um, knocking you off your donkey, uh, they, they, they were able to get, get the job done. And I think as men, we need to, um, look at that and realize that God does use the broken. Yeah. He uses sinners just like you and me and, some of you, I'm sure, are uh, people who struggle with uh, your finances. You, you don't steward it well, and, and it shows in your life, and it's not the best for your family. Or some of you struggle with uh, alcohol. You're alcoholics, or you're, you're on that brink of becoming an alcoholic. Or you have anger issues or pride or you're caught up in sexual sins, whether it's lust or looking at pornography, or you're actually having an affair or premarital sex. And all of these things absolutely disqualify us for any kind of leadership position. But, but, the good news and what we see when we look back through Scripture is that even though we're disqualified, God can qualify us. Absolutely. And I think that's the the main focus um, that we need to take away from that, um, and and I think we'll touch a little bit of how to take uh, take that first step in part two of this podcast. But um, it's it's not easy. There's going to be fear, um, but just know that despite the fact that you are unqualified as we all are um you just have to take that first step yeah you have to seek forgiveness from the lord for the things that you've done the good thing is that jesus christ has fulfilled all of those things that we couldn't and he's died for those sins and he's nailed them to the cross and he's given us that gift so if we confess those things we believe in jesus we can be forgiven of those. But sometimes that doesn't feel like enough. Our feelings get in the way. We don't believe that we're forgiven. So likewise, we have to forgive ourselves of our past, of our failures, of our sin, to get rid of that shame. And it's, I just think if, if you know, First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And if I know if God, an all-powerful God, who certainly does not have to forgive my sins, if he forgives my sins and says, you're forgiven, then who am I to say that I'm not or to act like I'm that, to live like I'm not? Right. Am I saying I'm better than God when I don't forgive myself? So, so the first step of getting past that disqualification in your life to lead is to seek God for forgiveness and to forgive yourself. And that wraps us up for episode two, part one. Um, Stay tuned and please join us for part 
two of The Gathering Podcast. We look forward to you uh, joining us for that.